Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Canner Podcast. Our guest today is Grant Brogy. Grant is a Marine officer, eight years active duty, two years in the reserves. He's a starting strength coach and the owner of the Strength Co. in Orange County, California, where I believe there are two locations. Um, so if you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, I, I've mentioned a couple times about bringing people through uh, who are going into the military or part of the military, getting them strong to take the test. Uh, more specifically, the Army Combat Fitness Test. And there's a lot that goes through with that. It's, it's been changed and adapted over the years, the standards uh, for what the military expects for, for soldiers of all kinds have, have, has kind of adapted and changed um, a lot recently. So I thought Grant would be a great person to talk to. So Grant, welcome to the show. Thanks for, for joining us. Yeah, glad to be here. It's a good topic for me. And I kind of cut my teeth as a coach uh, training Marines um, and some uh, experience with the Army stuff because uh, while I was in college at the Citadel, you have to take the ACFT. I was in the Army ROTC there before joining the Marine Corps. So, um, yeah, it's a good topic and there's some good stuff for it. Well, so tell us a little bit more about your background before you got into coaching, maybe how you decided to get into the military and then maybe a little bit of your experience uh, preparing for that. Yeah. So typical kind of gym rat, uh, deal growing up, joined the local YMCA and, you know, lifted weights, 15, 16 years old. Um, and then, you know, kind of got serious about it when I went to military college. Uh, so I went to the Citadel and, you know, it's not that hard to, to do it. You, at the time you had to do two mile run in under 16 minutes. Um, 72 sit-ups, I want to say. And, um, how many push-ups? Something like a hundred. I don't know. But anyway, so got into the Citadel um, and then started weight training, um, you know, and just didn't really know what I was doing. I played around with CrossFit starting in mm -hmm. kind of like 2008, um, got kind of really into that. And that's where I started reading Ripito. He was writing for the CrossFit Journal at the time. Right. I was reading those books. And then, I don't know, sometime around 2010, 11, um, I had just finish uh, boot camp in the Marine Corps. And I'll talk about training for that and or how I got ready for that. Uh, and that's kind of when I read the book and got into coaching. But um, okay, yeah, to answer your question more succinctly for that, I mean, the Marine Corps, the entrance test for me going in was three mile run, 20 pull ups, and 110 crunches in two minutes. Okay. And when I happened to go in, it was during the drawdown. So you know, you'd have the big surge in 08. And then now, you know, in 2011, they were starting to draw the core down from like 202,000 down to 182. So what that meant was that it was actually the selection was, it was pretty difficult. I thought like, Hey, sign a piece of paper, sign up to serve your country and you're in. And I was like, Oh, this is competitive. So for me, I had always been kind of a strength guy. I could get 20 pull-ups, no problem. Crunches are, you know, you just have to do them, but they're a breeze. I had to work a lot to get my three mile time down mm -hmm. um, because 18 minutes is maxing. So six minute mile. And so, you know, I did a lot of sprint work and stuff. And I think I ran a 1814 to, it was the one I wrote did my entrance. So I just missed the perfect by 15 seconds. Uh, but it gave me a 298 or something. And it was good enough to kind of set me apart because okay. outside of that, there's, it's either like you're a criminal record or you're not, uh, you know, so that's like <laughs> barrier one, you have two tattoos or you don't, that's like barrier two. Okay. Like you have terrible grades or you don't That's barrier three. And then like the only other thing they can evaluate on is like, how fast can you run? So, 
this seems like a pretty pretty good split there it's like a big it's a giant <laughs> gap like here's the river everything everybody else stay over here that's right um okay so you how, how did you prepare more specifically once you got once you got in you know i've got friends who, who've gone through the military um they go in and usually pretty either either skinny skinny underweight or a little overweight and they they come back and they're in, in completely different shape and this is you know i'm, I'm talking um, guys out of high school 20 plus years ago, and I'm, I'm sure things have, have changed since then. Uh, I, what you described, I think, is what most people have a view of, of the military. Chin-ups, sit-ups, you know, push-ups, running, that's it. Yeah. Um, so more specifically, what, what's that like, that process like of getting strong in the military or for the military? Yeah, so I mean, the entrance stuff changes a lot. And remember, there's two kind of sections of the military. Most people know this, some don't, but you know, there's the enlisted side and the officer side. So across okay. all branches, Navy, Army, Marine Corps, Air Force, um, the officer side has for just basic entry, a little bit higher standards, right? They want, um, they want a little bit more in terms of physical fitness uh, from the officers to get in, right? That doesn't mean that all the officers are in better shape their whole career. It just means to get in. It's kind of like a little bit more difficult. Um, okay. On the enlisted side, though, it's changed even in my since my time, you know, originally, I, I think you had to do like three chin ups or something um, to get in and, I, you know, 20 something push ups in the army. Um, and so the branches are a little bit different. But across okay. the when they let uh, women into combat arms, it actually, in my opinion, was great for the services. And here's why, because you had long time and all branches, the Marine Corps was kind of the worst at it. Or, or the most resistant saying that this can't happen. We can't have women in say my MOS artillery was a big one. And DOD said, why? And they said, because they can't do the job. And DOD said, well, what is the job? And they said, well, you have to move heavy stuff. And they basically said, be specific. And it's like, well, there's 155 millimeter, you know, artillery shell is 102 pounds. And I got to be able to take it off a truck and walk it over to a can of tube and put it in. And, you know, they were like, women can't do this. And so DOD said, well, we're going to now make a strength and fitness um, uh, entrance exam for all these MOSs. So now when someone goes to a recruiter, instead of just doing the, um, you know, the basic running and that kind of stuff, they do something called an IST, an initial strength test. And it's a, it, I don't have it in front of me. That's, it's various things. But like, for example, if you want to be in artillery or infantry, you have to be able to clean and press or ground overhead. They're not strict on the movement. 115 pounds, three times. Um, so the good with that was that man or woman, who cares? The physical strength part and requirement to get people into these jobs got better. The bad part was, is, you know, you got a young 17, 18 year old kid, doesn't know anything about lifting weights. He goes to press 115 pounds. He can't do it. And he's right. disqualified from all these jobs. We're like, we know as strength coaches, like, man, I could get this kid up to 115 pound press in like a month, you know, yep. it's no problem. So that's kind of the downside. Yeah. Well, you, you, I think you made a, you made a couple of interesting points there, but about when, when did the, the IST come into play? I want to say it's like 2014. So uh, Obama administration, Panetta, Secretary Panetta, that's when um, women combat arms came in, but it was as a result of women going into combat arms, which I think was 14 or 15. Something. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. So yeah, very, very recent then. So, yes. the, 
So the, another thing you, you brought up was the specific tasks that a person needs to do. And that makes me think about all the different tasks in the different parts of the military. So if you're going into the Marines, Army, Navy, Air Force, different tasks for all of those things. But we know, like you said, as strength coaches, strength is going to cover the vast majority of a lot of different things. How strong a person can get, uh, you know, there's a lot of different variables are going to come into that regardless of what their specific task is, it's going to become easier if they get strong. So I look at, I'm going to pull up here on, on the internet, the army, specifically the art for, for, this is just for the army part, the army combat fitness test events. And for those who don't know, I'll have a, I'll have a link in the show for this, but it's the three rep max deadlift, standing power throw, hand release, push-ups, sprint, drag, and carry, a leg tuck or a plank and a two mile run. So there are standards that is based off body weight, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah, it is. And, and they, they go into way more about like how to train for each individual event and all sorts of stuff. So people can look at that. So if we're just specifically talking about what the army requires, if, if I don't know any better, I'm looking at all these things that I have to do. Um, for instance, to get better at the three rep max deadlift, which is you, uh, they use a, um, trap bar, a, tr a trap bar. Yep. So they suggest doing a sumo deadlift with a kettlebell, some alternate staggered squat jumps and forward lunges. It, it seems like a lot and it, it doesn't seem very helpful. It almost uh, seems like if you deadlifted, you might get better at deadlifting. Bingo. <laughs> so going, going back to my, my original, regardless of, of, you know, what you're deadlifting with, uh, if you want to get better at the trap bar, it's not like the barbell is going to hurt you in any, any shape or form. So a coverall, what does a typical program look like for, for these people preparing for, let's just get specific with uh, the army and what they're requiring for their sure. fitness test. Sure. So for the army test, and it's similar, the Marine Corps has something called a combat fitness test. I wish yep. there was deadlift in it. There's not, but it has presses overhead and a sprint and carry kind of deal. We call a um, movement under fire where there's some crawling and stuff. And I think that's, I think it's a really good test. So for the army combat fitness test, which I've never taken, but in the Marine one, um, you know, there's two kind of sides of the military that you have to remember. One, you have to, you have to perform on these tests because it's based on how you're going to get promoted and how you're going to get paid and how successful you're going to be. But two, you have to like perform in combat and in training. And so like a lot of people will, you know, say, oh, like, you know, Marines have no business running and, and, you know, soldiers have no business running. It's a waste of time. They should just strength train. And while right. I like, I, I, I like that in terms of function and we'll talk about that, but there's like some mental aspects of running, right? And yes. because you can either deadlift 500 or you can't, right? Anyone can run five miles with enough willpower, right? If they got legs and, yeah. you know, it, yeah. So, so there's some elements there, but to train people uh, as I've trained, you know, now at the gyms here, I've trained guys to go into enlist in the Marine Corps and in the officer program. Um, and then, you know, in the Marine Corps, uh, train people. I mean, it's real basic, right? I like the only difference I would do for someone going into the military than anyone else is have them opening up their stride like once a week, doing some type of running. I prefer sprinting to have them doing long, slow distance, but you know, I'm going to put them on squats, benches, presses, deadlifts. Um, because for all those tasks that you talked about, mm -hmm. 
I mean, physical strength makes those things easier, whether it's lifting an artillery shell or carrying an 80 pound pack, um, you know, having more muscle mass and bad, uh, or, you know, not ideal conditions is more beneficial. Um, so yeah, I mean, a basic program, you know, like starting strength or, you know, any of them doesn't really matter. Linear progression, get their squat up. Right. You know, right. um, yeah. The first time that I was introduced to the, what the military, the army was requiring, it, it was, it's almost, it's looking at, it, it's no different than looking at a sport. You've got skill, which is what they needed to do. Cause if you don't, if you're not coordinated enough to pick something up and use your hips and legs to throw something over your head, you know, Right. You might not be able to pick up, you know, 25 pounds up and, and throw it over your head. So there's practicing the skill and then getting stronger, two totally different things. There. Yeah. And there's some skill, you know, into these tests, but even let's just take the, the army one, uh, and the Marine one. And I don't think sit-ups are in the army one anymore. Right. They're gone. It doesn't, it doesn't look like it. Yeah. So like, and that's probably a good change because in the past sit-ups and crunches, so I don't do sit-ups and crunches in my training. I squat and deadlift heavy to work out my mm -hmm. core. Right. Uh, but Game when I, you. yeah, when I had to get ready to do 110 crunches in the Marine Corps or whatever it was in, at the Citadel for the Army sit-ups, I had to practice those because yep. it's a range of motion deal that I never do. So even though I have the physical strength, I have to, you know, build the endurance to do whatever, 100 uh, or so. So, yeah, I mean, I think most people miss this. They, in the military, and this is like for getting in or it's for doing special jobs or trying out for special forces is they look at these performance events and they think they need to just practice the performance events. Right. Whereas if they zoomed out and thought about this in terms of what makes you a better performer, what makes you more athletic, what are the things that you can actually get better at? I mean, I can't improve your hand-eye coordination a whole bunch of your vertical jump. I mean, I can't some, but man, if I take your squat from a hundred to 300, right. um, you know, each time you force production legs against the ground, yep. it's a less stressful event. So, you know, which the carryovers to everything in life. Right. Right. We're, we're talking about um, different jobs and different tasks. Are you, are you aware of like other branches of the military? What specific tasks? Yeah. I'm not familiar with all, all the branches, but I mean, I know they're like the specifics, but I know there's similarities so basically what the, the Corps did and the Army did too is they, they grouped up types of jobs. Yeah. So you know, I think in the, um, you know, artillery, infantry, and they've gotten rid of tanks now, but I think tankers were like kind of all in the same one. And then the tankers had a caveat for height because if you're too big, you don't fit in. So you had to be okay. short enough. For, one, for once, if you're short enough, you can get the stop. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, there's, there, there was, the, 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 for the strength test, the clean and press is the kind of the biggest uh, determiner. And I, I can't remember all of them off the top of my head. Let me see if I can pull up on the internet, the uh, IST, and we can look at what those events are. The clean and press, that's a really interesting one. If that's, you know, talking about having skill and practice. Right. Well, like I said, they have it as a, it really, it should be called a ground to overhead. Oh, okay. All right. Um, they, they don't care if you bend your knees, right? Uh, they don't just care if you clean it, it all there. down. You just have to be able to pick up the bar and get it to here. So yeah, so you have uh, the minimum standards or that you do on the IST is three pull-ups, 45 ammo can lifts. I think our ammo cans are like 26 pounds or something. 44 crunches, mile and a half run, 115 pound uh, clean and press 
Uh, and then basically they look at that and then you'd have to look at like the graph that says if they do this many pull-ups, they can do this job. If they do, you know, this many right. reps, this job, but those are the basics. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's, let's talk then about your role as the strength coach. And when, when you have somebody come into the gym, let's say they are, they just enlisted. Um, can you walk the listeners through the process? Cause you, you touched on it just a little bit. We talked about um, going through the, the NLP novice linear progression. And then you mentioned uh, the major lifts. What does that look like for someone just walking in the door, going into the military, wanting to get stronger? Yeah. So, I mean, there's just, there's two things that the military person always needs to keep in mind. One, what do I need? Like I said before, to get promoted and to get paid and that's performance. And then two, like what's my mission going on right now? So for instance, when I got my first platoon and checked in, they said, uh, I remember Captain Cooley sat me down and he said, you know, 132 days from now we'll be in Afghanistan, you know, go train your platoon. And, uh, and so as I went out and looked at these guys, they're all, you know, 18, 19, 150 pounds, you know, soaking wet. And I was like, man, this isn't what I pictured Marines. You know, I pictured, you know, war fighters and, right. and they, were, they were, they were war fighters. They just uh, could benefit from some strength training. And so that's where I put on all these people to the starting strength, what you call NLP, novice linear progression. So I took them and at that point, we're not training to run a PFT. We are training to go to combat. And so physical strength is going to make all the tasks that they would do in combat easier. So squatting, pressing, deadlifting, three sets of five on the first two, one set of five on the other one, uh, alternating the bench press and the press every other workout and just adding five pounds. And, you know, I had to be creative in terms of you go into typical military gym, there's, you know, five or six racks and you got 30 guys you're trying to train and you're allotted, you know, 50 minutes. Uh, but this is where sometimes I think the military guys, you know, they look at a program like starting strength, which is very outlined and rigid. And if you're not doing this, you're not doing the program. And like, that's right. great. And all that's fantastic. But I always try to remind people like, Hey, something's better than nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I'd have the guys squat and press day one right. and bench and deadlift day two. Uh, because because of the time constraints and guess what if their squat still goes from 100 to 300 they're way better off and could it have gone from 100 to 350 if we had done it the other way sure but like anything you know the consistent stuff so i would have them doing that and then for all my military folks uh for both their performance and mission i like them to do two things a week on top of their lifting so they're lifting three days a week as i outlined and then two things on top of that one is i like one hit session uh, it can be an assault bike. It can be a prowler. It can be sprints, but I like short bursts of energy followed by resting short burst of energy followed by resting whole workout, you know, something 20 to 30 minutes, because that's what happens. You're, you know, whether you're forward observer in the artillery and you're down here and you got all your gear and you got to get up to the top of the hill to set up an observation post, like what is actually happening? I'm lifting a whole bunch of stuff that's really heavy and I'm like, you know, ascending something. So I'm breathing hard. And then I get to the top and what happens? I sit down and right. right. So I think that's real good to keep that work capacity up. Uh, and then I like one long, slow distance event. Um, I generally like, I, I think service members is good for them to hike. I think it's good for them to be in boots. I think it's good for them to have a load on their back. Um, 
running's fine too if people are into it. I just think the impact's a little worse. So I'd rather see them put some type of load on mm-hmm. and, you know, not a walk, what we call like rucking, but, you know, yep. a little bit more brisk. And I think that's, I mean, I, I recommend this to, you know, my civilians that are really big into, you know, fitness and like, you know, really want to take it. I, I, I do that once a week, every Tuesday, I do it this afternoon. I, I load up about 40 pounds and I go, you know, six miles at a, you know, about a four and a half mile an hour pace. Okay. And uh, so I'm not running, but anyway, that's the, that's, so that's, I put them on starting strength with a little bit of conditioning. Yeah. Okay. So um, wh- how about the, the nutritional needs for these guys going through something like that? Uh, is that very, does, yeah. does the, the, the military kind of, how, how does that play into so we're it? We're pretty bad on nutrition, in my opinion, um, in terms of we, we try, but it's a typical government, you know, food pyramid kind of deal. Um, so for you, remember, this demographic we're talking to from what well, you're talking about, new entrants, we're talking about young men. Yeah. Young men and women can do a whole bunch of stuff. Right. right? And be okay. And so... The only difference that I would say that sometimes I view differently from starting strength, but I definitely do for the military is I'm probably not as big an advocate for weight gain uh, okay. or I'm not an advocate for weight gain just to drive progress. If a guy's six foot, 150 pounds, yes, he needs to gain weight. But if a guy's six foot, you know, 185 pounds yeah, and he's a Marine or army or soldier, and I can get his deadlift to 315. And I know if I take his body weight to 200, I could get it to 375. But guess what? Now he looks like shit in uniform. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, now, now he's over the body weight standard and he has to be, you know, taped for body fat. Right. And so, um, you know, I, there's a balance there that the service member has to do because part of what the, you know, part of what's, what's attracting these people to volunteer and serve their country is they're seeing, you know, someone that looks fit, that look like this in a uniform. I mean, it's all the marketing, you know, ploy. And so you can't, um, if you're chubby, you're not successful. Uh, so you have to balance that. So for, to answer your question for nutrition, yeah, they're going to need, you know, if they're doing lifting heavy three days a week and they're doing conditioning and they're hiking, uh, yeah, that's going to be a calorically intense, um, task to get over the course of the week. I mean, young guys are going to be in the chow hall. There's plenty of protein available, plenty of, you know, stuff, but um, teaching these guys to eat is a big thing. I mean, it's just like any demographic in society, Uh, you know, what do we see? We see that the um, more well-off and more affluent tend to eat better. They shop at better Mm -hmm. grocery stores. They have better access to food. They have more knowledge, right? And then, um, you know, or the less affluent tend to make poorer uh, food decisions, unfortunately. Right. And so you have to, so you're, you're fighting in the military of what's available. And then you're also just, it's, you're getting people from all over. And so you're having to teach guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, basics, you know, if if it's a young man and he's got a high work capacity and you just tell him like, Hey, eat 180 grams of protein. Yeah. Eat 180 grams of protein today and have fruits and vegetables. Like he's going to be fine. You, You brought something up that was kind of interesting. Not really on the the military side of things, but I've done a lot of adjusting. Now I'm not an SSC. Uh, I do probably ninety percent of my appointments though are that in that same method. All right, mm-hmm. Us- using the main lifts. Some of my appointments are thirty minutes, and so I've kind of done that compressed um, workout too, where it's if people come in two days a week, if it's three days a week, we're you know it's great because then I can do some alternating. But two days a week 
what I usually have him do is a squat and a press just because it's easier to change that, you know, the weight out from a squat to a press. Yep. And then the second day is bench and deadlift. And then, you know, that wears out pretty quick because you're not stacking on a bunch of weight because then by the time they come in, let's say it's Tuesday, Thursday, I got guys that came in today uh, and, and girls that came in today and did uh, their squat and uh, press. Well, what I like to do is have them bench and deadlift on Thursday. And then when they come back in on the next Tuesday, I'll have them bench and deadlift again because I want that stress to be a little more prevalent there. Sure. And then they'll squat and press on Thursday. And then the next time they come in week three, it goes back squat to press. squat and press. And I feel like that, I feel like that's worked pretty good. Um, because with two, you know, two days a week, half hour, I'm not, you're not slapping on five pound plates every time, you know, right. you're it's it, 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 at first, that first six weeks, things happen pretty fast. Four weeks happen pretty fast. And then after that, things kind of taper down. Yeah. And it just becomes, uh, you know, what we always call law, law of diminishing returns. So for, for mm -hmm. the new lifter or for the weak lifter, you know, I have some basic um, strength things that I think everyone should have, regardless of age, regardless of health. I think you should be able to squat your body weight for five. I think you should be able to deadlift your body weight for five. And that's not hard. Now, if you're no. weak, that's very hard, but those are very achievable. Is it two times body weight deadlift? Oh, sure. All of that's phenomenal. Yeah. But if you just zoomed out and said the people you're training, the general public, right? If they can, if, if your mother can squat and deadlift her body weight for five, she can do anything she needs to do. Right. Um, and so then it just comes down to like, what are the goals of the person? How much time do I have? You mm -hmm. know, and that sort of thing. And so, you know, like for my mom, she started lifting, she's 63, two years ago now. And she's, she's really into it, right? Her deadlift's up to like 230 and that's she awesome. wants to deadlift 250, right? She's like really, really into it. And that's great. So I'm an advocate for it. Um, however, when she first started lifting and she was still nervous and, you know, was scared, you know, she said, well, how heavy am I going to have to go? And I told her she doesn't weigh 185. So this isn't that, but okay. I, told her, <laughs> I said, you know, you need to deadlift. I said, I, let's, you know, get your deadlift up to 185, see how you feel. And then we can reevaluate. Um, and so on your plan, that two day a week thing, it's great. I mean, I always make the joke tongue in cheek. If, if I could redo my gyms, uh, I'd make the classes 45 minutes instead of an hour and a half, right? Yeah. Yeah. With people and just do two lifts and get, you know, but, um, I, I, I like having people do the program starting strength as designed, but yeah, most people, most people, what I've found doing this, you know, coaching this to the general public and the service, you know, for about 10 years coaching people, most people are not compliant. You know, all my members that are on a three time a week program that pay for three time a week service to have a personal coach, mm -hmm. their average time in the gym is 2.1 visits, 2.1 visits a week. Right. So, you know, that that's actually the real problem. So yeah. having a shorter workout, something that seems more digestible, you yeah. know, my older clients, I get them done in 45 minutes because it becomes a time they, they think in their mind, okay, I got to drive 15 minutes to the gym. Then I'm there yeah. for an hour and a half. Then I drive 15 minutes. I don't have two hours a day. I'm busy. And so, you know, like your program is, is great for people that are busy and they're way better off with you doing two lifts a day yeah, yeah. than they are without you. Yep, absolutely. And then you get the ones who are, who, uh, who, I mean, who really get in and want to see like that extra pound. And then you get ones who are like, if you tell them, Hey, you just hit a PR today. They're like, Oh, whatever. But yeah, fine. I, I don't, I just, I'm here because I know I need to be. Okay, great. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, that, that's fine too. 
Yeah, that's that's when I when I made the the switch from um, a couple of years ago, how I how I used to train people to to the starting strength style. Um, the biggest thing that people had to get used to was taking breaks, sure. like building in the breaks. Like, look, this is going to be more beneficial. And there's like, well, I have to sit here. And again, it's not we're not doing three to five minutes. We're, we might be doing a minute to a minute and a half, sure. two minutes if I can squeeze it in. You know, if I know they have it in, I'm like, all right, just chill for two minutes. Right. And then a minute later, they're like grabbing the bar, I'm like smacking their hand down. <laughs> right, right. No, that's always in my kind of like opening elevator pitch, so to speak. I was doing a new lady yesterday, 54, and um, you know, she came in and hey, I know my doctor told me I need to strength train and, you know, I want to lose 15 pounds or whatever. Great and, doctor. Uh, so as we were going, I was, yeah, right. I was telling her, um, you know, I said, most people, when they come into the gym, they're like, oh, I'm in the gym. I need to be doing something right. Like the whole time I'm in here, cause I'm, I'm, I'm working out. Uh, and so I always kind of explain, um, you know, why you need rest. And, you know, when they start, I start everyone with two minutes, you know, and then I said, you know, what's our goal? Our goal Sandra is for your squat this time at 60 next time at 65. Mm -hmm. So if I can get away with two minutes, I'm going to do it. But the second that you're at 75 and I realize after two minutes that if you do it right now, you're going to miss. Well, now we're going to rest a little bit longer. Um, And then I cut it just for business. And again, compliance reasons and stuff, five minutes. I mean, if I got like a guy that's competing or something or whatever, but the average person I never take them more than five. They just don't need it. And then plus, you know, most people aren't doing any conditioning. Yeah. Uh, and so if they, if they've gotten their strength level up, you know, they, they beat sarcopenia and they have some level of strength, mm-hmm. then, um, you know, some shorter rest periods in doing it can be good for them in terms of work capacity. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Some general, yeah. General conditioning too. That I, I one, one trick that I've done is, um, I don't, typically don't like having people put their uh their water bottle by by the rack sure so like they'll walk over and put the water bottle down. i'm like hey just so i'm not tripping over stuff while i'm putting your place on could you put the water bottle so then they have to stop right yeah, yeah, go yeah. get their water <laughs> hang out they'll talk to somebody and i'm like hey cool you've got 30 seconds let's go yeah, yeah. but yeah if you're doing if you're doing a group setting or a one-on-one right because in a group yeah, setting, yeah. it's like hey man you rest and then I go coach another person, another person, another person. And it's going to take me three minutes to get through the room and back to you. So yep. if you want to be coached, you got to wait anyway. But within a one-on-one, I'm in the same scenario as you. It's like, hang on, chill yeah, out. Chill yeah. out for a minute. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Well, Grant, I appreciate you jumping on and, and talking some shop. Um, I hope people out there, if they have any questions, they, they reach out to you. Where's the best way to, to get a hold of you if they have questions, concerns? Yeah, the strengthco.com takes you to kind of everything. Uh, we do a couple articles a month that are free and helpful to people. Um, we're pretty active on YouTube, putting up different stuff. Uh, so you can see it there. Uh, on Twitter, uh, I'm pretty active giving free fitness advice and form checks. If you post a public video of you lifting, uh, I will break it down for free. Uh, awesome. As long as you do that, my Twitter is Grant um, SSC. Uh, and so I'm pretty, that's probably where I'm the most active Instagram, Facebook, we're on all of it, but, um, awesome. but yeah. And even though you're in Orange County, California, you guys also do online coaching, correct? Yeah. So just like the platform we're on right now, zoom, a lot of people have seen me from this very room with this microphone. Um, we do it six days a week. Uh, there's three of us starting trade coaches that log on we do up to eight people at a time. And if you're in the garage by yourself and it's, uh, you know, it's sometimes hard to get motivated and, you know, or not knowing what to do. 
Um, you know, first we teach someone how to lift and then we do this method and, uh, it's cool. It builds kind of like a little community and, oh, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's a cool little deal. Awesome. Grant. Well, I appreciate your time. Thanks for all you do. And we'll talk to you soon. Awesome, man. Thank you.